welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of In the Matter of an Application by Deborah McGuinness for Judicial Review. The citation for this case is 2020 UKSC 6. Now, the background to this case is not vital to the understanding of proceedings, but it does give a useful context that will, at the very least, be of some interest. Three members of the provisional IRA had been assassinated by British forces in Operation Flavius on Gibraltar, and the funerals were due to take place in Belfast about a week later. There was an arrangement with the British forces that they would not be present at the funeral, as this had often led to violence in the past. Unfortunately, although this arrangement was supposed to be a secret, the word somehow got out and a loyalist called Michael Stone attacked the mourners with hand grenades and a pistol, as the third and final coffin was being lowered into the ground. On that day in March 1988, three people died and more than 60 were injured. A number of mourners chased him down, and Stone would surely have been beaten to death had the Royal Ulster Constabulary not managed to pull him away from the mob and arrest him. Stone was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment and certain concurrent terms of imprisonment with a recommended tariff of 30 years imprisonment. That sentence was, however, brought short by the 1998 Belfast Agreement between the governments of the UK and Ireland that introduced an early release scheme available for prisoners who had been convicted of crimes relating to sectarian violence. Stone made an application to the Sentence Review Commissioners for early release, and in July 2000 he was released on licence. Nevertheless, he remained political and hit the headlines again when in 2006 he tried to force entry to the Parliament buildings in Belfast with a knife, an imitation firearm and several explosive devices, the aim being to kill Gerry Adams and Martin McGuinness. Peter Hayne, the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland at the time, suspended his licence and in 2008 Stone was convicted and this time received two determinate sentences of 16 years in prison with a number of other sentences, up to 10 years, running concurrently. To finally get round to what the present proceedings are all about, in 2017 the prison service in Northern Ireland referred Stone's case to the parole commissioners letting them know that the expiry of his original 30-year tariff dating back to 1988 was due on the 21st of March 2018. The parole commissioners would eventually decline to release Stone, but in any case, the sister of one of the victims back in 1988 began the current judicial review proceedings. The issue that she had is that it might well have been 30 years since 1988, but Stone had not been behind bars all that time. As we just mentioned, between the years of 2000 and 2006, he was released on the back of the Good Friday Agreement, and so the argument follows that the tariff date should be pushed back. The review went before the High Court, who decided it was a, quote, criminal cause or matter, end quote, under Section 41 of the Judicature Northern Ireland Act 1978. As such, the case then automatically moved up to the Supreme Court for being a question of law of general public importance. However, before we get into the judgment, the Attorney General for Northern Ireland intervened in this appeal, arguing against the notion that the current case actually represented a criminal cause or matter. So that is the question that the justices began with. 
In order to get an answer, we really need to think about what it means for something to be a quote, criminal cause or matter, end quote, in this context. It has been used in two different places in the statute book previously. Firstly, in relation to the rights of appeal in criminal cases, and secondly, in respect of special closed procedure for secret intelligence material in court proceedings, although that specific context is itself rather unique. That just leaves us with the rights of appeal, but the Supreme Court was still able to examine how this has evolved over time, dating back to the original Judicature Act of 1873. Doing so highlights a clear contrast surrounding appeal rights. Whereas in most cases an appeal simply goes to the Court of Appeal because there is a dispute about the decision made at first instance, the criminal cause or matter being addressed in other proceedings is not about rectifying a certain error in one specific case, but more about the idea of maintaining the coherence of the criminal justice system overall. One of the most famous cases about what constitutes a criminal cause or matter is Amund and Home Secretary from 1943 and here it was simply stated that a person must be in jeopardy of criminal punishment, and said punishment must actually be the direct outcome of the proceedings. Taking all of this into account, the justices decided that the present application for judicial review did not meet that standard. There is no outstanding criminal case against Michael Stone for which he might receive sentencing, and this is more about how an existing sentence should be interpreted. As such, the correct route for this appeal to take is via the Court of Appeal, rather than going straight to the Supreme Court. This does not mean that the application fails overall, because this is more a question of procedure than anything else. Indeed, it is likely that this case may yet return to the Supreme Court, and so that is why the justices declined to comment on the substance of McGuinness's application itself. At first, this decision might come across as a little harsh, because if you ask the average person whether a decision about a parole application was a criminal cause or matter, then the answer would probably be yes, because the question literally involves a criminal. However, that is not quite the same thing, and there is value in the current distinction that does have a significant historical precedent on its side. The standard appeals procedure is to be expected because it is the route that most cases will take through a court hierarchy that almost acts as a sifting mechanism. Nevertheless, it is also useful to have some form of leapfrog procedure that allows cases of great significance to immediately be answered at the highest level. This should not be used too often because it will undermine the standard appeals procedure, and so it is right that the range of cases in which it is used should be limited. Armand and Home Secretary strikes the best balance in this regard, and so it is unsurprising that it has stood the test of time, even after nearly 80 years. The threat of criminal punishment is a severe one, because it can result in a person being imprisoned, and so the courts have always approached such a possibility with caution. It is unsurprising that this is a relevant factor here, alongside the requirements that the actual question of law itself must be of general importance. The case of Michael Stone is undeniably an important one, as the legal and political ramifications are far-reaching. Despite all this, that on its own is not a convincing enough reason to overturn the usual procedure in this instance. Much like the justices, I'm not going to say too much on the merits of the application itself, until the case likely makes its way back to the Supreme Court via the correct route, and we hear the full arguments as well as the decision of the Court of Appeal in Northern Ireland. 
In simple terms, it does seem wrong that part of a tariff, which is meant to represent the minimum term that a prisoner will spend in prison, could be served while a person is not only on release, but actually takes that opportunity to commit another act of terrorism. Beyond that, the Northern Ireland Parliament has only once again recently reconvened, and the country is at a crossroads. With things so precarious, it is hard to imagine that what the country needs right now is Michael Stone back on the streets of Belfast. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Just before I finish, I did want to make one point about how coronavirus is going to affect the content of this podcast. Um, at the time of recording, the Supreme Court has heard nine cases so far, so that at least gives us maybe another few weeks of content. And my understanding is that the Supreme Court will continue to hear cases and pass down judgments. It's just that the way that they will do it might change a little bit. Obviously won't be in the Supreme Court, and I think that that is now close to the public. And the justices and their staff are working at home as much as they can do. So it's likely that things will change slightly, but there will still be content moving forward. I'm going to hope to continue with the podcast on a weekly basis and keep you in touch with what those decisions and judgments are. And hopefully I might try and put out an extra podcast at some point about what is happening with the legal ramifications of the coronavirus legislation. At the time of recording, it may be that the coronavirus bill has been published. I would expect that to go through Parliament pretty quickly, and we'll try and have a look at that in maybe a bonus episode. In the meantime, I hope that you manage to stay safe yourselves, continue to keep washing your hands and doing everything you can to stop the spread of this virus, and hopefully we'll come through it together. All the best, and I'll speak to you next week. But for now, bye!